podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 341 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, hello, one and all. We hope you are all doing well. We hope you are all, you know, washing your hands and all that shit. But just for the love of fucking Christ, don't go out unless you're having some exercise or going out to get some food or picking up a puppy or whatever you know just like (laughs) like just don't don't fucking go out in don't be with a crowd do you see that shit about the like the police force that to stop um like a basically a how a dinner party yeah that some people like what the fuck was that yeah like 20 people around a dinner party that somebody had ridiculous isn't it yeah it's this oh it's like it's one of those things like once you get on board, as soon as you realise that the, 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 the more you stay in now, the less you have to stay in in three months' time. Straight up. In terms of three months' time, that's terrible. It's just, it, it, it's one of those things. It's like, it's, cause we've been going, like, we've been having walks, haven't we? Just one a day, 
but going out on a little walk just to just to get out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and part of it is is because you take the, the your dog for a walk, don't you? My dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we've been doing that. Uh, but like you go quite regularly, don't you? Take the dog for a walk on a, a pretty similar route. And you've been saying there is loads more people out that work wouldn't normally be out. Because when it's the one time you're allowed out for the day. It is, but it's, it's, it's just it's odd to take advantage the, of it. the amount of people that you're seeing out. It's yeah, kind of weird. It it, really you wonder is, if yeah. you wonder if they'll, they'll still be doing it once we're told we're allowed to go out. Well, maybe it'll be habit forming and people take more exercise. Well, apparently it takes two weeks to form a habit. <laughs> Lockdown for like six months. Shh. Don't, <laughs> Don't fucking say that. I mean, I, 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 I'll tell you what. Sorry, guys. Sorry. No, no, go on. Uh, um, I'm naturally I'm an introvert, but man, if we if we are allowed out during the summer, apart from like the cinema and like watching a film in the evening, you're not going to catch me in my fucking house. Like, <laughs> that's, that's it. You know, the, the other day when it was, was it Wednesday, we, we we usually have Wednesdays off work anyway, don't we? Uh, and so Wednesday was just. It, We'd normally have that day off. Last Wednesday, it was really, it was, it was warm, wasn't it? Yeah. It was real warm day, and we were there going. We literally, if if this was, if this was not lockdown, we'd be, in the- we'd, be we'd be in a beer garden for about four o'clock. Yeah. Having dinner at said p- place and then staying there till about eleven o'clock at night, mm. uh, which is probably really unhealthy and probably not very good yeah. in, in that. But we were very much like shit. Was it Wednesday that we went to get groceries and thought, oh, my God, let's buy a barbecue? Yeah, while we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Did you we buy a barbecue? To, we didn't go out to get a barbecue. We had things we needed to get, and we thought, <laughs> fuck it, let's buy a barbecue while we're there. Yeah. Nice. Yes, we had a barbecue on, and a fire pit. on Wednesday and a fire pit as well. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. We had a few I, beers and sat out and, what is it? It was good time. Yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I just, I've been thinking about it. Like, I, I cannot imagine what it's like for people that are on lockdown on their own, though. It must be so difficult. There's, uh, there's a guy in my work who um, has been on long-term sick, and he only came back a couple of weeks back, and then this has happened. And it's just like, I've been, I've been like chatting with him in WhatsApp, and it's just like, he's so bored. He's saying, like, he can't see anyone. Like, he wants to see his grandkid, and... Like, he just, he can't do, like, anything. Um, but he's, he also likes the ladies. And it, it's even, like, the, and I say grandkid, like, he's, I think he, he, he's, I, I want to say he's in his late 40s, so, and, but he's, like, a good-looking dude as well. And, yeah. like, he obviously likes to get down uh, based on conversations. And it's just, like, not being just not being able to do that like that kind of like i know it's a very primal thing but just not not being able to go out and satiate that particular need you mm-hmm. know like that that shit's gotta be hard as well but it, it's yeah I, I i don't know man there's only so much masturbation can do <laughs> well weirdly what i was just what i was reading earlier today was um apparently um <laughs> the um leading UK um, swingers sites have literally told members uh, that if they are trying to, they, they've taken away the meat functions 
on their website and have told them that if they're trying to if they're caught trying to arrange a meet via the chat sections, they will be banned for life from them. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, I, but it, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just like you said, Mark. We've got to do it now, so we don't have to. Hopefully, don't have to do it in like four months' time. Yep. You know, it. Oh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> lock, yeah. Nobody wants to talk about lockdown. So, what have we got this week? We've still got new stuff. So we have got the John Turturro written and directed spin-off of The Big Lebowski: The Jesus Rolls. Uh, we've got uh, the Netflix original uh, wine connoisseur doesn't want to inherit his family's barbecue business indie drama Uncorked. Um, unfortunately, we don't have Short Bus because I can't fucking find it to stream legally in the UK. And that was one of the rules with the patron um, films. And I don't torrent. So, you know, no, sorry. Um, but we are going to do the latest 99 iTunes 99p rental of the week, which last week was Wolfgang Peterson's Troy. Um, we'll which, also have which we which we all started watching literally the minute we finished recording last week, and we have just all finished. <laughs> I think that's harsh. We'll talk about it later. Um, mm, interesting. We'll also uh, have some what we've been watching, and uh, I don't think we've got any trailers. But in terms of movie news, a bunch more films got moved today. Yeah, basically, was it Universal moved their entire slate? <laughs> uh, Columbia, sorry. Columbia, yeah, moved their entire slate, so there's no... Everything, everything, if it happens, if, if we make it to 2021, 2021 is going to be stacked. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what I mean, this is the, this is the interesting thing, isn't it? It's like, how long is production going to be like curtailed for? And then, you know, you are going to have like a fallow period where films have only just started being made, but you you have that period where because of now there are a bunch of films that aren't ready yet, like the Uncharted movie, which is fast becoming a cursed film, um, is again now paused completely. That's it. Uh, I, I did read that that said, oh, Uncharted is now put back to October 2021. It's like, you haven't started filming the fucker yet. <laughs> you didn't even cast it. No, uh, I, it, it, no, I mean, it's, it's it's fascinating. So, I mean, Peter Rabbit 2 had already been moved to August and they've shunted that to January. So that's nearly a year delay. I mean, who gives a fuck about Peter Rabbit 2? I just thought that was interesting. Ghostbusters Afterlife is now opening in March. I believe Morbius is now opening in March. I think they're opening within two weeks of each other, which is... Yeah, yeah. 17th, 21st, I think it is, isn't it? It kind of... That feels weird to me. Um, Like, that, they're probably going for fairly similar audiences, no? I think what they're hoping to do is they're hoping... To... The whole thing, what, what this does is the kind of, like you say, this follow period, it, it, it's going to kind of reinvigorate people's want to actually go out. And, you know, that now they've not had these things, mm. maybe there'll be a bit of an explosion of going, do you know what? We need to appreciate these things now and have the have the, that, that feeling of, you know, when they, you get a lot of people go, oh, I could go and watch that, but I could just stay in and watch Netflix. Like, no, I'm going to fucking go watch that, because what if, what if in six weeks' time I can't go and watch it? I don't know, though. It, it could go the other way. People could get so used to not going out and shit, look at all this extra money in my bank account at the end of the month because I haven't gone out. Yeah. But fuck those guys. 
No, I mean, yeah. it, 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 it's fascinating now because you've got the next like, big films that are still due to come out are Top Gun, Maverick and Tenet. Um, yeah. Which, which let's face it, they're not happening. I mean, if... It's a lie, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. I think the reason why it wouldn't happen is if there's still uncertainty. Like, say late april early may there's still a little bit not too sure about cinemas being open in july then i think they will pull the trigger and move just in case but it still feels far enough away that if you had a three-month lockdown that started in mid-march that ends in mid-june and then you've got top gun and tenet as like the two big you haven't been to the cinema for six months. Here are these. Mm. Like they could fucking blow up. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll be waiting, like you said. They'll be waiting to see what where the land lies. I mean, and and forgive me because I just I find this kind of I I find the business side of it really really fucking interesting. So <laughs> apologies, but I was seeing um Anton Volkov. He's a really fucking interesting um guy on Twitter. I think it's at Anton Volkov. Yeah. Very into the like the business side of things. I don't know his background, but he talks a lot of sense. Um and he was saying how he thought that Tenet can move to Christmas because are Warner Brothers really gonna wanna like stake their Christmas money now on Dune? Because Dune is a bit of an unknown quantity and would they rather go let's have wonder woman in the summer let's have tenet at christmas let's do june in spring next year and there's 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 logic to that yeah absolutely you know i mean like you got tenet coming out uh like mid july and then wonder woman coming out mid august both warner there is enough separation there but i wonder and shit man am i willing tenet to move fuck no but what i would say is if tenet moves to christmas when we descend upon the york imax to see tenet around christmas you best believe we are going to get all kinds of shades of fucked up (laughs) oh yes (laughs) like my word um yeah, so Ghostbusters Afterlife, Morbius, um, fucking, what else? What, what am I missing? Um, the one there, isn't that? Like you said, Uncharted. Hmm. I don't know now. I mean, um, also, I, I think it's interesting that there's still an untitled Sony Marvel film dated for October this year, which is going to be venom too yes um and it's like again if cinemas don't open till like august if wonder woman 84 is the first big one then you've got venom in october it's like the next big film that could really blow up as well like the the amount all these people saying like oh you know David Harbour coming out and saying, oh, black women, uh, black women, sorry, black widow should go to streaming. Uh, that would be fun for the fans. It, it, it's like, no, like, just just think about it, though. Whatever the first big movie or the first few big movies at the cinema are, they are probably, you know, going to get 
another hundred, two hundred million dollars worldwide just because people want to go out to the fucking cinema and watch a film in a in an audience. Yeah, that's it. You'll have that release of people going out to go and see things. You'll you'll have that that initial thing where people will go sit back and go, do you know what? All those things that we that we haven't had to do, let's go and do now. Mm. So like. You know, you, you'll find that, that bars will become busier, gigs will get more better attended, and all those things for at least a good kind of three, four months afterwards. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's the thing. I say that I won't be in my I won't be in my house an awful lot. I I don't think I'd be at bars and restaurants and shit because holy fucking shit, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to hear yourself in places. But in a cinema where everyone has to shut the fuck up but I can shut the fuck up with people. Yeah. Bang up for that. Bang up for it. Um, yeah, it, it's, I really don't want Tenet to move, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, if it, it means that like before December, we've got Mulan, no time to die, uh, black widow, top gun, Maverick, wonder woman, 84, you know, in that like July to November, uh, uh, to December period, you know, it, it, it soothes it. Yeah, it, it, it makes it an easier pill to swallow, doesn't it? Mm, mm. But the most important thing is people don't leave your fucking houses. <laughs> Hobson Shaw 2 getting confirmed. Is that old news? Or... No, it's not. Let's go. Keanu. <laughs> I mean, that, it seems like that was a little bit like a, well, didn't we already know this? I, it's not old news, but it, it is like, well, of course it's, it's been, you know, yeah. of course it's been green lit. <laughs> I haven't seen personally yet. Oh, no, you didn't quite see it, did you? Oh, no. fuck, yeah. Did you not? No, I didn't get to it. I can't know why. Well, well, it's not like we ain't got fucking time. Is it on something? I don't know. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if it's on Sky Cinema soon. It came out in August in the cinema last year, so it it feels like it's probably coming down the road. It must be soon, yeah. I'll check now. Hobbs. Yeah, I mean, Aladdin's on um, Sky Cinema now, isn't it? And what was that? Um, May. Yeah, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, he's on Sky. Is it? Yeah. Oh, is it on now? I think so. Yeah. Are you sure it's not on Sky? Like, pay for it. Uh, is, is that what it's called? Sky, like, pay for it? Yeah. <laughs> Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. There's a Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw special that's 24 minutes long. You looked at that, didn't you, Mark? It might just be on pay. And I looked at Just Watch and it says it's there. Let's have a look. So, like, the latest premieres on there, Lion King's on there, and that was July. Uh, Rocket Man was May. Secret Life of Pets two, I think, was July. It will be within like the next like six to eight weeks for sure. Yeah. No, it's, it, it just watches showing the Hobbs and Shaw special as being available as the film being available. I didn't know that Drunk Parents was on Sky Cinema now. Yes. I might. I might watch that. What's that? Alec Baldwin and Salma Hayek. They're drunk parents. I'm sold on that one. Yep. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> oh, a, say no more on that one. 
I'll tell you what, next week, do you guys want to do like a catch up review of Brightburn? We never talk we none of, we've never talked about Brightburn, have we? No, we didn't. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Sky Cinema, so um Okay, let's yeah. Go. yeah, nice, all right. Um so uh there are no trailers because no. Nothing exists anymore. Nothing exists. Uh, so um, let's move on to our first review. What should we do? Imagine trailers now though for something. Morbius coming. Shrug emoji. <laughs> God, it is like that though, isn't it? But I mean, oh man, just like it is. It is cool to just imagine that in a few months' time, hopefully when the film industry starts ramping up again, the sheer wealth of trailer, 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 <laughs> there is going to be. Yeah. Every, everything will get dropped. Oh, I can't wait. When was Candyman due out? Uh, June, I think that's already been pushed. Yeah. Sorry, pushed back to, for the time being, it's been pushed back to the, um, to Halloween. That kind of makes sense. I mean, Spiral was pushed as well. You might imagine that's going to be around Halloween. Um, I think Spiral's been pushed to the first week in November. What? Why? Oh, that's so no, no. weird. It's an odd one. I think it's, I think I think it's because it's the it's the weekend after Halloween. Yeah. All right. Fuck. Like man. Just the second half of this year is going to be stacked. I mean, a, a fucking Quiet Place Part 2, they'll put that out in October, won't they? It's set up, uh, September, October, I think, isn't it now? Um, sorry, two ticks. Ever so sorry. I'm just going to... Oh, no, I can't pause the recording. Hang on. Uh, sorry about that. Um, bu- 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 so... That's him. Is that That's me. Your mother sent us. 767. Oh, why didn't she come herself? She got out two months ago. Yeah, well, she, you know, she went abroad. Where? Portugal. Where's Portugal? I mean, I haven't heard from her in two months. She couldn't write? What the f*** is she doing in Portugal? She split with a, a good friend of ours, a terrific guy. An engineer. Ag- agricultural. She said, go and get Jack and take care of him. And she's very happy. She'll be back soon. Who's this agricultural guy? Don't worry about it. He's a good guy. If he's so good, why isn't he here? He's got a record. How many busts? One served, two suspended. Not bad. Is that your car? Plymouth Fury? Third generation. Swedish police used to use that. And they never die. Check it out, man. Yeah. Huh. Vintage, man. Right, the Jesus Rolls. I kind of just need to talk about the Jesus Rolls. Written and directed <laughs> by John Turturro, starring John Turturro, Bobby Cannavale, Andre Tattoo. Um, as the trailer says, Academy Award winner Christopher Walken for maybe 30 seconds. Um, 
uh, John Hamm is there. That's nice, I suppose. Um, fucking Pete Davidson. It, 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 it's Susan Sarandon is in there. JB Smooth. JB Smooth is fun for a minute. What like? Yeah, it, it's a cast. Um, so this is the spin-off to the big Lebowski crucially the Coen brothers gave their permission for the character to be used and that was the end of their involvement um but it's also a remake of a French film um called Going Places which I did not know until after I watched the film and saw it was based on something in the credits and went um what the and went what the fuck um so based on a book that's name translates as the testicles <laughs> fuck's sake yeah okay that's, that's about right doesn't it uh <laughs> so it was the, the the so going places was based on the book yeah and then the, the jesus rolls is saying it's based on the book not the film it does say that it's based on the book but it's it's everything else says it's a remake of the film yeah 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 like the the plot sounds exactly the same almost but the writer of the book also directed going places so yeah it's yeah. based on that based on that work yeah, yeah that work okay all right fair enough um so story is uh the jesus is released from prison um uh, and unites with his friend Petey. uh they're kind of going around like stealing shit generally being a bit cheeky and breaking the law uh they run into uh they steal the car of a hairdresser played by john ham their hairdresser kind of like threatens to basically kill them uh but then he like his um employee i suppose played by audrey tattoo recognizes jesus and runs off with jesus and pt uh they kind of go on misadventures um and there's a f- fair bit of talking about sex and sex. Um, yeah, the Jesus Rolls just kind of appeared on streaming platforms last week. Um, I think it was supposed to have a limited theatrical, but obviously Corona's got a Corona. Um, Becky. I'm absolutely not going first on this one. I, I still don't really know what I think of it. Yeah, fair enough. Mark. Um, well, we said earlier, you know, that, that a basic working knowledge of, you know, of the character. So I think if you've seen The Big Lebowski and you, you are aware of the character, then that will, I think, give a little bit of context to the character. Um, if you are a big fan of uh, the Big Lebowski, it maybe might throw you a little bit in the sense that this has nothing to do with uh, with anything established in the Big Lebowski. It is a party balls. Um, th- it's it's a vehicle for hmm. this character, uh, which is I think which I think actually is really quite interesting, uh, an interesting way to do it. Um, it's it has a few sort of quite fun nods to the Big Lebowski. Um, but is very much a a, a separate entity. Uh, it's if you're familiar in any way with any of the any of John Turturro's other um, directed written and directed pieces, it, it he does have quite a chaotic style to the way that he 
he makes movies and they're often quite ensemble pieces and they're often um feel more like a collection of vignettes running through with a few central characters that connect those vignettes which this is it is very similar to that it's a set of of things that happen that follow a a similar theme for instance romance and cigarettes is a musical that follows around a central sort of set of characters and it bounces around everyone has their own little bit um this is um I could easily say, I see how people would say, it is barely a film and it's complete nonsense. And I can absolutely agree with that. But I had, I had an awful lot of fun with it. It's, it's playfully chaotic in a lot of senses. And it feels like a... It, it, it feels like a film that's been made by somebody who literally is quite disconnected from what's going on in the world in general, in the sense that there's a scene where literally they sit down in a train station, watch a woman breastfeeding her child, and the lead character says, there is nothing more beautiful than a beautiful black lady. And then that's it. It's the end of the fucking scene. <laughs> and it, but it... It, it, it feels okay within the fabric of this movie. Mm. Um, it's yeah, it, it, it's it's mental. The I enjoy the fact that the the main story point in the entire film is, and it's not the main story of the film, but the the, the, the only real story point the film has is only to to can climax. Yeah. That's the that's the thread that runs through in all the chaos. Yeah, um, and I, it, there's there's kind of a, there's kind of a beauty to to that that is there. Um, but I, I think if you if you don't connect with, I would say two out of three characters, you will not like this movie. Um, I still had enough connection with Totoro as uh, the Jesus. I always like uh, Bobby Carnival in anything, um, and Auditudi was was absolutely was was brilliantly. Um, I can't think of the word I'm, I'm looking for. Adorable within it. Yeah. So I I I had a good time with it. Somebody else can go for a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. It... The thing is, I like I like the Jesus in The Big Lebowski, and in this, he's just he's such a bad guy. Like he literally gets out of prison and then steals a car. Yeah. And you know, yeah, they bring it back, but then they just <clears throat> continue to do crime, just so much crime. Um, and uh, like you say, it, it's chaotic, and it but it, it does kind of follow some kind of road. And then obviously the car comes back at the end <laughs> with the, the with the axle. I, I don't know. It's just I think it's barely a film is probably what, where I would land on it. The Susan Sarandon bit didn't like that. Wanted us to steal all their shit and they just leave them there. Instead, she went off and shot herself. But it's also got JB Smooth looking in a mirror, going, "Yeah, look good." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I I, I like. I the way Tattoo kind of like convinces him actually like you know it's a good look for you um it, it did make me laugh that the whole kind of thing of uh 
you know, let us do this and she'll she'll give you a great haircut. And then what does she do? She just fucking cuts all this hair off. Like, that's, I, 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 yeah. Um, it just, it's, yeah, it's barely a film. Kind of does sum it up. Um, but there are moments of interest there. There are, all the way through, there is stuff that grabs your attention. And there's, you know, there's there's merit in that. Um, not all of it, I think, good attention. I mean, yeah, I, I agree, Becky. The whole Susan Sarandon bit of, like, essentially, she's a really sad woman who just needs to get fucked three ways from side, three uh, ways from Sunday, and then can kill herself. Like, what, what, what? um pete davidson's a son so you know maybe she's got valid reasoning yeah i mean uh, I, even though i i i did like i did kind of like the pete davidson fred like i like i like when that guy just kind of like go stretches into i am the skeeziest motherfucking looking guy on earth and i'm gonna try and be normal but i can't be like there, there's there's a vibe there. He is but, yeah, a little bit like Vincent D'Onofrio in uh, Men in Black. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You talk, again, talking about sugar water or something. Yeah, it, it's um. But I believe I. Do you know what? I believe that Pete Davison is a magical fuck machine who can make Audrey Tattoo come for the first time in her life. Like. I imagine Sean Turturro is like thinking about this part and then he's just watching SNL one night and just sees Pete Davison. He's just like, you, it's like Marholland Drive. Like this is what, what is it that Justin Furrow has to say? This is the one. Yeah. Or this is the girl or something. It's like, this is the man. And it's Pete Davison. Really? I don't get it. No, as, as just that's a point skeezy fuck machine yeah pete davison why not but maybe that's just me maybe that's a weird fetish that i've got like just <laughs> no, no, I mean, there is there is a, a a cabal of of pete davidson fans yeah yeah maybe i should maybe i should go like look at a reddit thread no I, I, that would scar me um i mean <laughs> it's um I think it's an interesting piece of work. I don't think I don't think at all it's a, a successful piece of work. Um, but I admire the fact that John Turturro has got financing for this. And you watch the trailer because I watched the trailer after and I hadn't seen it before. And they are obviously trading so heavily on the Big Lebowski. But then you've got, this is the film <laughs> that is then made. I I, I think is. You know, kind of low-key hilarious um i mean like all the big lebowski stan stuff is done in the first 10 15 minutes the nobody fucks with the jesus i believe is said by him once and his mother in the first 15 minutes or so and then never uttered again you've got one scene of bowling and it feels literally that scene feels like it was in there just because he knew he had to have a scene of bowling yeah, it, it feels like that. It felt. It feels like that was literally right. We're gonna do this scene where he's in there, 
as a little dance with the what is it? And it, it, it feels like that was the pitch to get the film made, <laughs> and then everything else was just around it. <laughs> that it was almost like they shot that scene first, so that when the producers were a little bit skittish in the first day or two, they could just see there's bowling. It's him licking the bowling yeah. ball. No, we're fine. We're fine. This is yeah. fine. Or like, like like the test print that they did for Sin City, where they shot the Josh Hartnett movie the, the scene first, mm. and then took that to them and went and went, look, we promised we can do it, and they went, oh, yeah, okay, then. let's do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 quite exactly. It, 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 um, so I mean, I am sure that this is the film that John Turturro wanted to make. I'm not entirely sure that this is the film that anyone wanted to see. <laughs> Yeah, I can yeah, I can agree with that. There's a, it's, it, I think the fact that John Turturro is is so well liked in the industry, um, means that he's one of those that he literally can go, oh, I'm making this movie, and he can point all his mates. Mm. So Bobby Cannavale is his mate. But will you do this? Yeah, why not? Susan Sarandon is his mate. Susan got his part. And it's been perfect for you. Yeah, I do. And then, you know, he can pull in, you know, Christopher Walken. Literally will have been there for like, for like a day. And it feels like it feels like that it was shot in a van that had the set in it that they drove to to wherever Christopher Walken was that day. Shot that scene and fucking went off again. But yeah, it, it's I, I just there's, there was something about it that I just I quite I quite liked. It's got a vibe. It's, it, it, it's got a mood. It's got this fucking hangout, ch- kind of chill with the Jesus rolls. He just, he rolls. It's um, big dick energy. It, it, yeah, it does. It, 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 does, it does have big does dick energy. You're right. It, it, it feels weirdly like a, a, a stoner movie. <laughs> but, 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 but the stoners are all in their 50s. <laughs> and really horny. Yeah. Yeah. But there's yeah, all... so, so much sex in this movie. But there isn't even that much sex. There's a lot of Audrey Tattoo's tits. I don't think that, that much of Audrey Tattoo's tits. I don't think she wears a bra for the whole thing. Dude, that's different to what it's that's 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 her choice. <laughs> Fuck it. I, 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 I would. I, I don't know. Often women with small breasts will say that it's more comfortable to not wear a bra. I mean, most things are more comfortable than not wearing a bra. Well, there you go then. And who are you to tell Audrey to do that she has to cover up them tears? No. I, I could have done with seeing less of John Sutterer and Bobby Cannavale's body. I've got to say that one scene where he's like like showering showering and Bobby Cannavale's in there and then, and then he's just stick against his leg yeah and he's just coming onto him and just fucking swinging it about and doing it. <laughs> it you know it's like I like I don't know I, I like I like that pure like ego kind of thing that John Turturro has here and in those moments where he cares about somebody else it kind of makes I don't know, it kind of makes him feel a bit richer. Like, when he's saying yeah. to Audrey Tattoo towards the end, like, you need to go, we're it, like, we're being, we're wanted for murder, you'd be implicated, you you need, you know, th- at least there's that kind of realisation that for those who are good to him, 
he's not an arsehole. He's not an unrepentant arsehole. He just gives zero fucks about the people he doesn't care about. Yeah, and like how he is with Susan Sarandon's character as well. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It, it's that's the thing. It's like I don't, I, I, I'm for, I, I do think it's definitely shit because it's bare, it's barely a film, but there is stuff there where you could see what he was going for, and it's, it's almost like if it wasn't connected to the Big Lebowski, and he was. I don't know, he was making something that was pure. Maybe it would have been a better film, but then again, it wouldn't have been made. Mm. Yeah, that's it. It, it. it does seem like he's he's maybe had an idea about making... He's been saying for years that he'd like to make a Jesus Quintana film. Mm. Yeah. Since, you know, for, for getting on, you know, 20 years now. You know, I think he first... Came up with that literally a couple of years after the Big Lebowski. When the Big Lebowski, what people forget is the Big Lebowski bombed. It was the Coen Brothers movie they made after Fargo mm. that had won Academy Awards, and it was like it's the Coen Brothers' next movie, um, and it bombed massively, and it only really started to find a bit of traction on video and dvd and then it started to pick up and it, it is a proper cult movie mm. um in the sense that it it was bore out of a cult following mm. and then has, has going to be unbelievably successful and so you, you kind of had that with that it, it was as it started to build that cult following that you had um you know people saying are you going to do a sequel and the current were like we don't do sequels We've told our story we wanted to tell. That's it. We're moving away. And then there was the spin-off thing. And they said, well, no, if somebody wants to make it, fine. They can make it. Mm. But it will not be us. And it would only be John Toro playing it. That's why it could never have been a prequel. Uh, and then John Toro has literally been looking for something. And it's almost like he's gone, right, I want to remake Going Places. And I want to remake, and I want to do a, what is it? A, 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 a Jesus movie. I know I can do that and that and that. Fuck it, let's do that. Let's go for that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, um, it's not often that you see a film based on other people's material where those people are not referenced at all. I mean, I, mean, I mean, don't know. I, I, even though saying that, do they get like a special thanks or something towards the end, maybe? But... I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah, that there's a thanks there. I, I think he thanks the Cornwallers on all the films he's ever made. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's it. It's, um, yeah. I, it's a, it's such an odd duck. And, and just for this time where time has no meaning and everything is just a bit woozy and everything does feel a bit surreal, it kind of, it, it, God, maybe it's not definitely shit. There's a, I think it, it's there's enough there and there's enough kind of playfulness and enough enough sort of spirit I think that that, 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 that carries it for me mm. you know I, I think the, the last shot's fantastic as well yeah 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 you know the fact that it doesn't it doesn't have an ending they don't get caught they don't prove their innocence 
against this, what is it, or anything like that. You don't it's get just, picked up and nick the, the person's car. Yeah, it, it literally is just, we, you don't get to the end of their journey. No, no. You, you, you spent a little bit of time with them, you know, at the start of their journey, in the middle of their journey, but you don't get to see the end of their journey. I love that the car came back as well. But how do they not recognise it? Because it's been painted, hasn't it? But I just think I, that, I, that, that, that it, it, it's the, that their nature of the fact that they just they drift through everything. Mm. I did love the fact that they had literally matching outfits in the time when it was months later and they were just living in a, 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 a chalet and fishing throughout the day <laughs> trying to get Audrey to do to come. <laughs> yeah, I... Um, it, it's you, you you there is a little bit of kind of almost like myth making at the end there where it is just like you could imagine sam elliott's voiceover talking about how like they'll they'll you know they'll always be there or something like that you know i mean it probably would have been a step too far but um fuck man i think i talked myself into a touching cloth <laughs> yeah it's it's touching cloth for me it's not it's like you say, it's barely a movie, but there's enough redeemable, redeeming sort of points in it, like like how he is with certain characters. Certain little scenes flash out, like when he's having the conversation with John Hamm when they take the car back. That that bit's fucking hilarious, and then Bobby Cannavale runs away and gets shot in the fucking yeah in the balls. Um, well, just just an inch away from his balls or something. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's there's enough in there for it to not be shit for me. I can't have got Geostorm. Yeah, because yeah. I'm not touching cloth on it. But I can't say it's definitely not shit. Because it is a bit shit. But also, it is good. And there is stuff there. But it's not like Geostorm, Geostorm. Mm. Where it's, that, that, well, this is shit. But it, 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 it's, it's really fun. fucking fun. The fact that you've made a movie called Geostorm. And there's no Geostorm. <laughs> <laughs> which is still magnificent. Um... I, I, do you know what? In this fucking quarantine time, I could see a Geostorm com- commentary coming for the patrons. I, yeah, I absolutely would be 100% on board with that. So, yeah, so I'm going like Jesus Storm. Jesus Storm. <laughs> it's Jesus Storm. Okay. I can't agree that he's going to go like Fallout or Geostorm, that he's literally just for this movie. <laughs> because I think that it rolls. But we maybe shouldn't be watching all the places that it rolls to. <laughs> uh, G- yeah, G- Jesus Storm. There you go. A one-off rating. <laughs> Fair enough. Very good. Um, okay, I'll tell you what. Let's do some... Uh, uh, we, we do an audience poll, but I don't think anybody else has watched, the, has that, watched Jesus Rolls. That's the thing. Like, no one, no one on Twitter is talking about it. And, you know, which is... I don't know. It's a spin-off of the Big Lebowski, directed by John Turturro. You'd yeah. think there'd be interest. We had two. We had two votes. It was fifty percent shit, fifty percent just. That's kind of where I was at. Yeah. Do you know what? It's kind of an apt yeah. <laughs> summarization of the movie. It, the thing is, it's one of those movies. If somebody turned around me and said, "Good," I, I watched the. The Big Lebowski sequel, because it, it's how some people refer to it as. Mm. Um, and God, what a piece of shit. And I'd be there going, yeah, if you watched it as a Big Lebowski sequel or um, spin-off or anything like that, yeah, yeah 
it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> Have you considered the scene where he whaps his dick against his legs? Oh, fuck, it's so funny. It's just the glee that he does it with, isn't it? That's the thing, because he's not taking the piss. He is sincere in everything that he's saying. <laughs> and, and it does it does make me like just the whole reveal of like why like he's on the the the, the sexual of, of, offenders register. <laughs> yeah. Like that conversation with the kid, that shit's funny. Yeah, and then yeah. It, it literally him going him saying like people just you know took it too serious. And the fact that Chris Walken just goes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good, good, good. Need some positivity. It's the most. I think it's like the most positive. Yeah, it's kind of shit review. I think we've maybe maybe ever given. So yeah, um, I, I think it, it is the most positively shit movie I think I've, I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yep, that's fair. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really is It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in, that's the third time, though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? putting four and five year olds in front of this movie it's like if they didn't know what death was before this they're gonna know it after it they're gonna know it after it and they're gonna be freaking terrified and they're gonna be questioning it yeah or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold dead heart yeah the dark knight has got like all the orphans and like oh no we're gonna die they did not build up those orphans at all in my head it's like kill them then look no further the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um. Right, okay, so let's do your what we've been watching, guys. What do you have for us? Let's do your ones that you watched solo first. I don't think I watched anything solo, though. No, I didn't. Family. Fuck you. Hang on, what I watched. Um, oh, no, because I, 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 I watched Uncaught. You can watch Uncaught because you have to work. Yes, I did. So that's a near review, so. Yeah. Can, I, can I continue? At, at your will. Um, so I decided that it would be a really fantastic idea to watch Stephen King's miniseries, The Stand. Does that count? It's a miniseries. Oh. I watched it as a film. Oh. Yeah. I don't think I want to hear about this. I've, I've seen The Stand. It's just, it's not, 
Fuck it. Fair play. It's not the time, is it? I found it quite oddly comforting somehow. Like, because it's way worse, obviously, than what's actually happening. So it made what is happening more... I don't know. Help me get my head around it a little bit and kind of go, oh, okay. Because Captain Trips is obviously much worse flu than, than than what's going on at the moment. And I think just the watching the extreme version of it play out in the movie, I think it just helped me kind of go, right, okay, stop panicking quite so much and just do the sensible thing. But yeah, there's not like bodies in the streets. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Um, it's, I mean, it's one of my favourite Stephen King books anyway. And I actually, as as kind of shoddy production value-wise as it looks now, especially against all the other Stephen King adaptations that have been done, it's, it's still really quite well made and it's quite well acted and it's a good story. Wally Ringwald's in there. So, yeah. I, I really enjoyed my rewatch of it, and it, it, it sort of got me through a few nights of not being able to go to sleep at a normal bedtime, um, because obviously it's really fucking long. Yeah, like six hours. Yeah. So yeah, there was that. Um, I also watched the Chernobyl Diaries. <laughs> not not because of anything that's going on, like, don't laugh at me, it's just I really fucking like the Chernobyl Diaries. It's not the found footage one. Yeah. No, it's not found footage. It was. No, no, no. It's like the first half that's found footage. Sure it is. Is it? Yeah, it's the the, the guys who take them on the um, tour. To Pripyat. Yeah, it's found footage. I'm sure it is. I'm fu- I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw that in the cinema. I swear there was an element of found footage to that. Maybe an element. I don't think it's. I'm sure like, it, I'm sure it is like, like they're filming each other kind of yeah thing. I'm sure it is for, like the first half and it just abandons it in the last sort of 20 minutes <laughs> I really fucking like the Chernobyl Diaries it is really really fucking creepy and scary and good yeah. um, it's it's one of those ones that I, I watched expecting not to be very good um, kind of like cartoons and catacombs isn't very good. I really like catacombs. Well, it's not very good. <laughs> what was that? Was it as above, so, so below? As above, so below was all right, mind. As above, so below is 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 one of the oddities of horror of modern horror movies. In that the first half is an absolute piece of shit, and then the second half is brilliant. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. One of Isabel's favourite movies is as above, so below. Don't surprise me. But it is. But usually with most horrors, the build-ups brilliant and the payoff's terrible yeah. but as we're so below the build up is just crap and the payoff is fantastic yeah it's brilliant once it goes balls to the wall crazy yeah it's fucking great I'm going to rewatch that yeah so. we're going to rewatch yeah. that um, <laughs> um, I deleted you before I didn't finish you you fucker um, oh right, I've not watched the end of this but I'm going to talk about it anyway because I'm going to watch the end of why it and you, I want to know talk about next week when you finished it. All right, okay. I will do then. But Ian, have you seen a film called Extraordinary? No, but it's on Netflix. Is it? Is it all right? Yeah, it's actually. Oh fuck! I'm gonna watch that. Sorry, go on. 
Yeah, it, it's actually, I mean, I've, I've, I think I've got about 20 minutes left. Um, and it is, it, it performed way above my expectations from like, just like reading the synopsis. The synopsis is so basic and just like, uh, this girl does this thing, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's actually really quite a sweet film and it's funny as fuck. Nice. All right, I'm on that. All right, watch that and we'll talk about it next week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's me for all my own stuff. Right, we'll do our, our group stuff. So we... Um... Groups. <laughs> so fucking weird. Uh, we, we decided to take advantage of um, the Disney Plus, didn't we? A small advantage, yeah. Well, the other half of the movies we're about to talk about are from Disney Plus. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, so words will be eaten there. Um, we watched Robin Hood. One of the two best Disney movies. Yes. Um, I, I, would, I would say this Robin Hood is possibly the best oh, Disney animated movie. I don't know. The other one's good as well, though. I don't know. I think it's probably Robin Hood. Yeah, it, 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 it still holds up as being absolutely fantastic. It's got one of the best opening credit sequences of all time. Yeah, it does. That's a good shout, that. Um, it, it, it's just fantastic. Um, it, it was also a giddy sort of thrill seeing that uh, Buena Vista, big blue, yeah. come up on screen. And then it's, I don't know, the, the, you know, what the um, the Wolfgang Reitman ones are, are, are really, it, there's just a, a feel to them that feels kind of, to me anyway, this is what Disney is. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This is Disney. It when you go Disney Disney now. classics, yeah. it's like this. They were fun. And they yeah. weren't, they gave an element of fun, but dread, but also told you things. Yeah. A, a, a little sort of like, almost little political jabs and jives, but without actually being, being over the top. Yeah. Without being... Without being a giant shit emoji and things like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, the animation's beautiful. Yeah, and it, well. it, the thing is, no matter what they, there's a, there's a few things that CGI just literally at the moment cannot do, mm. um, and it is proven time and time again. Even with all the advancements that you can get, it's proved time and time again. And one of them is fire and water. It struggles with, mm. and yet here we get. Fire and water animated by people that looks magnificent. Doesn't look maybe like fire and water, but then again, it, it's a talking fox wearing a hat. <laughs> so it doesn't need to, but it still looks beautiful and magnificent. And I, I really like watching it. Um, the songs are fucking great. And the though, songs are, are brilliant. Um, and then the other one we watched, Becky? Was the other of the two best Disney animated movies, The Sword in the Stone. Yep. Okay. Uh. Directed by uh, Wolfgang Reitman, um, <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it's this one's a bit mental. It's more mental than I remember it being. <laughs> it's fucking batshit. Yeah, it's it's mental. This came out in like the early sixties. Yeah. A, and you know you've got you've got Merlin literally in Bermuda shorts. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking about going to the twentieth century and talking about the stuff that they do there. Yeah, it's not for him. With weird accuracy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the um, I guess what you'd call set pieces where like specific things happen, like when when they're a squirrel or when they're a bird, blah blah blah. They're just so well done and feel sort of self encapsulated, don't they? Mm. Like it doesn't spill over those bits. It doesn't spill over into any of the 
rest of it. He doesn't learn anything from his time as a squirrel that he then uses later on. He's just he just had a day as a fucking squirrel. Yeah, he's he an hour as a squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he teaches about the dangers of love. Oh, that bit where he leaves her is so sad, and she's just watching him from the knot of a tree crying. It is so sad. It, it, it literally, the literally, though, this movie teaches you that love is painful and horrible and cruel. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's like, who hurt you? <laughs> yeah, who hurt you, Wolfgang? Um, <laughs> completely forgot about the bit where the mop wraps around that boy's head and mops the floor with him. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Love that bit. Completely forgot about the marvellous Mad Madam Mim as well. Yeah. That wizard fight is absolutely fucking fantastic to watch. Yeah, it is. Uh, It's kind of great that now these are going to be available to for kids to watch. It's not fucking brightly coloured and fast moving enough though, is it? I think, but these will capture kids' imaginations. They just will. You know, I, I watched them when I was a kid. You know, and it's not a nostalgic glee now rewatching them. No, it they is are just really a good. no, these are really fucking good. Yeah. Um We also rewatched Iron Man, didn't we? We did. We're starting a Marvel rewatch, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Because, you know, we've got the time. Yeah. Uh I've always struggled with Iron Man, but I enjoyed it this time. Yeah, now is the time to get a four K TV for the love <laughs> of fucking God. <laughs> Well, when we're allowed to go out for, for non-essentials, maybe. We'll see how oh much we save. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you think of your rewatch of, of, of Iron Man? Back? Anything. You two are doing that to fucking troll me now, I swear to God. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed Iron Man, actually. I remember not enjoying it um, when it first came out, and I don't think I've really revisited it since mm. because I didn't enjoy it. Like, I've watched the sequels, and then we've done, like, Marvel rewatches of phases when we've we've when like new ones have been coming out but not not right back to the beginning um and i remember him being a real arrogant twat all the way through it and he's not as much as i remember and we did point out didn't we that maybe that's because i've lived with you for longer than i had when it came out in 2008 and you know maybe i've just had more time to kind of get used to arrogant twats <laughs> you pointed that point out i didn't i believe i didn't use the phrase arrogant twat i believe i used the phrase you said he's not obnoxious as i remember oh yeah obnoxious twat. <laughs> yeah, that that was yeah um so yeah no I, I really enjoyed it and it's, it's quite nice to kind of having watched the later ones to go back and go mm, so that's where that started i've completely forgotten about that mm. so yeah it was amusing to see terence howard in it <laughs> he's got a funny voice <laughs> that's got a, such a weird voice <laughs> um <laughs> I fucking, I just, I love the flex that Terrence Howard did. Like, so the whole thing of it is that uh, I think he got paid more than Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man 1. Yes. Because of all the insurance stuff of Iron Man 1. And then he insisted on the same for Iron Man 2. Like, trying to flex in that way. And Marvel just went, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I think he had, it, at the time, he had the same contract. He was paid more, but he had the same there was something to do with the percentage of more he had to be paid than um, Robert Downey Jr. that carried over at the second one and Marvel worked out that it would just be cheaper to fire him mm. <laughs> and hire Don Cheadle than it would be to pay him that. <laughs> it is. Plus, I think it was the fact that he's got a weird sounding voice. Um, we were really Big Lebowski um, in preparation for what is it, but I, I spoke about Big Lebowski a lot on here. 
Good up. Anything you need to say about the Welsh Derby? No, I don't think so. I think it's it's well recognised as the tour de force that it is. It is. A, it, the more and more you watch it, the more and more you realise it is a a zany masterpiece. Um, so many great fucking lines in it as well. Isn't yeah. There? And finally, our last another rewatch. Um, what did we watch, Bex? We watched The Loft, didn't we, man? We did indeed watch The Loft. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Is this a thing? <laughs> because The Loft has been out for six years, okay. and I have seen it more than any human alive. Oh, God. I mean, it's an erotic thriller. It's kind of your, your thing. Oh, it is my jam. <laughs> it is Becky, very was it Was it Becky's first time watching it? No, no, no. I've seen it a couple of times. Before. Right, you should know fucking better, Becky. Come on. I like the loft. It was me that suggested it. <laughs> oh, wowee. Yeah. Um, You're not a fan, Ian? I just... It's... It's one of the films I most associate with Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that. That's funny. Yeah, it's... Oh, man. I, 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 I love the lot. It, it, it's, it's perfect viewing for me. <laughs> it's, it's shady wankers. Easy shady wankers. <laughs> shady wankers, but it's set in a city so it looks nice. Oh my god. It it covers about every single base of just being just these are just not very nice people. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's great. I just I need to see I, I just need to see the cast. Hang on. It's Carl Urban, James Marsden, Wentworth Miller, um Matthias Schoenhartz and Eric Stone Street. Fuck. It just What's wrong with this picture? Carl Urban, James Marsden, Wentworth Miller, Matthias Schoenhurst, and fucking Eric Stone Street. Yeah, you don't believe like, it. <laughs> I mean... I think Eric Stone Street is one of the best characters in it, though. Oh, no, I remember him being really good in it, but I just think it's fucking hilarious that Cam from Modern Family is in a fucking sex thriller with James Marsden. <laughs> <laughs> and the great thing is... is He's the horniest of the bunch. <laughs> but then you get the, he's the only one who has any actual arc within it. Like he, when he gets caught, he genuinely feels an element of remorse. Um, he doesn't even get caught because of the loft, does he? For what he's done, no, he doesn't. That's it. It's, it's. I yeah, I really like the loft, and I I, I do still think that I am I, I probably hold a world record of the most amount of times. I think that's my seventh watch. That's a lot, man. Thank you. <laughs> it's a film that I will probably watch one at least once a year. Yeah. At least once I have a, a loft anniversary. Yeah. Ian, what have you been watching, bud? Fucking hell. So um, in amongst all the kind of getting prepped for dog, and then the the dog um it's been a slower week so got through the 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 films we're talking about and uh one other this will be ramping up this week though um so deadpool 2 did a rewatch of that i watched the uh the super duper cut um so i think this is about 15 minutes longer couldn't tell you where those 15 minutes were to be honest with you um i like deadpool 2 it's not the 
like the lightning strike that the first one is, but I don't think anything really would be. Um, and I'm kind of intrigued to see where they go now, but at the same time, I, t- I don't know. It are they really going to be able to do it a third time? And now with it being owned by Disney, yeah, like you, you, that, you that's have the to- interesting thing. Is Disney have said that it, that that the next one is allowed to continue at, under its own course. <clears throat> it. That, I, that film, that Deadpool three cannot say Disney mm. anywhere near it. Can you I, imagine, I, can imagine the amount of piss taking they're going to do out of Disney in that movie as well. Well, that's that's the thing, and it's like, are they going to go too much that way? I um, really hope so. Yeah. All right. No. Fair. I, I I'm not entirely sure. I'm I'm, I'm into that. It, it's. I don't know. It's a film that both takes the piss, but with that fucking central plot point of him going to like the Neverworld and having been uh, having to be told like the mystery thing that his uh, a dead girlfriend like gives him about like the you, you don't have the heart and then him trying to figure that out. It. It's also trying to be a film that has got something to say about the power of family that's not like your blood family. And I, it, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think it's good. I just don't think it's the scrappy what the fuck that the first one is. Um it knows it's successful and it's got that confidence. And I think it makes it a less interesting film because of that, but I still like it. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's still funny enough to, it it still carries itself easily enough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, It just, it's, there's, there's, there's something missing from the, with the first one, it was like, here's a limited amount of money, do whatever the fuck you want. And then with the, this one, it was, here's a boatload of money, do what you want. And I, I think it's interesting that with uh, the Tim Miller, Ryan Reynolds, kind of like the breakup there was because Tim Miller wanted to try and keep it scrappy. And, I th- and Ryan Reynolds kind of wanted to go bigger with it, if if my understanding is correct, if if my memory is correct. And yeah, I don't know. And I mean, I, I feel for Tim Miller because what did he do? Terminate a Dark Fate, which you know you don't see him being the hot director for fucking anything now after that. Um, but yeah, Deadpool two, it's fine. It's good that in itself is a bit disappointing um and that is me for what we have been watching i've been watching a lot of patrick willems youtube videos it's film related so i'm gonna do it <laughs> patrick so patrick willems who um is a kind of a, a youtube video essayist um but he does really really well produced professional like deep dives on certain topics he does like uh one a week 
Um, and I really enjoy his output. Uh, I will also say that I've been getting a little bit obsessed with, I, I've, I've spoken about this podcast in, in brief previously, but the blank check podcast, they have a March madness finger. So first off their Patreon, they make $26,000 a month from their Patreon. Well done them. I mean, like to be like, they've got a massive listenership and whatnot. And do you know what? I contribute, I think it's $5 a month for, for their, like their basic level. And I do that because I enjoy their content. Um, good for them. And for, through the five years of podcasts they've been doing, you, you'd never like, they haven't changed. Uh, they are still the same people, despite the fact that they are now earning and like, they can now earn a comfortable living from doing this podcast but yeah they've been doing this march madness thing that they do every year where they put out polls and they get um uh for directors um to cover so the the whole thesis of their their series it started out as like a a podcast that literally just talked about star wars episode one the phantom menace but in really deep detail i don't it wasn't called blank check there then um but it kind of morphed and now they look through um filmmakers filmographies but like particularly filmmakers who have been given blank checks and whether the checks cash or whether they bounce which, it, which is quite an interesting concept for a podcast i think and um their march madness thing they've been putting out polls every day for who's gonna like who's gonna be the subject of their, their next uh, of, of like their next march madness marathon and I've been getting obsessed with that every single day. Is that what As, that is? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the Roy B. Zemeckis one? Bobby Z, baby! Let's go! Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like, for some reason, Jamie Bell is literally talking about it every day on Twitter. <laughs> Which is the most fantastically, and he's got like he's obviously got a really deep knowledge of the podcast as well because he's like tweeting about how like Robert Zemeckis is the most blank checkiest of directors and kind of going into it. It's like fuck, it. but he's right. You look at Rob uh, Robert Zemeckis, and it's like the like the amount of success he's had, and then the amount of blank checks that he's had. And they've been bouncing for fucking years. Like you, I mean, you look at Robert Zemeckis, like what? So uh, the Polar Express, Beowulf. I mean, fucking hell, Beowulf. Uh, Christmas Carol, that made money. Um, so, and then he, he does Flight. And, you know, that makes money despite not being that great. Then he makes The War. Sorry? Did a Christmas Carol make money? And they're I'm pretty sure it made money. And they're 200 million budget, and it made 320 million. What well, worldwide? Yep. Well, I take that back. That was a fucking huge bounce. Sorry. Yep. Whereas flight made a shitload of money. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. Flight makes money. So what does he do with that? He makes The Walk, yeah. which is an embarrassing film for a lot of people, I think. Um, and he made Allied with, you know, Brad Pitt. Marion Cotillard. No one remembers that film. No, we reviewed it, and I literally all I remember is they have a really awkward sex scene in a um, in a car during like a sandstorm. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, um, and beyond that, there is a um, 
a scene, an entire like sequence set um, in, in in London, and you're going like, that's just not London, though. <laughs> no, it's um, no, I mean, sorry, and 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 then welcome to Marwen. I am going to be if if Bobby Z wins, I am going to be welcomed to Marwen this week. Yeah, he, he is an odd director. He's very similar to, um, in, in a way, not in terms of style or anything like that, but in terms of the way that he, he operates um, to like John Carpenter, in the sense that he has a hit and so he gets given shitloads of money and then he'll make two flops and then he'll accidentally make a hit again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, and now he's doing The Witches. He's doing an Anne Hathaway led remake of the witches yeah and, and it, like it, it's fascinating and so that's the thing it's like i want that badly now for their patron thing they're doing a similar thing where they are good they're doing march madness for a series of films for which to do commentaries the final is alien versus mission impossible Ooh. and i mean alien has got a really interesting production history but listening to these guys what they will get out of mission impossible could be a hell of a thing and the, the like the, the, the semi-final for the mission impossible bracket was mission impossible versus john wick and it's like wow the alien one was alien versus resident evil resident evil just somehow got through the brackets and was almost there and it, it, it yeah i want to hear them talk about resident evil it's uh, this has been an advertisement for the blank check podcast for the last five ten minutes and apologies but it's a really really fucking good podcast it's well produced they know their shit they're funny um and yeah like i say despite the fact that they're obviously getting some pretty big success from this you know that that they're, they're, they're still successful and, and uh, you know it's uh david sims who writes for the atlantic and griffin newman who is an actor he played um he was he starred opposite against peter, peter serafenowitz in the amazon tick series um and he's a voice in the new masters of the universe series and whatnot um but I, I, just two really interesting guys they have this producer ben who's fucking insane and he has a running joke about burying jeans in gardens and then digging them up and then selling them which i love it it's i've been listening to a lot of blank check because i've been doing a lot of working from home and i really like it so they'll never listen to this but thank you to them I, I, just just going back quickly to the zemeckis things so i've got a bit of a rabbit hole here <laughs> um but literally he had a 20-year period between 1984 to um to 2004 where he did Romance in the Stone, hit. Back to the Future, well, yeah, hit. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, hit. Back to the Future 2, Back to the Future 3, hit. Death Becomes Her, hit. Um, and then Forrest Gump, obviously huge hit. Contact, hit. What Lies Beneath was actually a really big hit. Yeah. Um, and then Castaway, really big hit. So he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten movies in 20 years there that were all hits. So, and some of them like proper mega hits. 
And then he released the Polar Express. <laughs> and it's just been pretty much downhill with an occasional little flicker of there. But the Polar Express has probably made money, but inside the box office was a flop. But Polar Express is like weirdly huge at Christmas. It gets re-released a lot. Mm. It's on like TV a shitload. It, it's almost like just by osmosis become a bit of a Christmas classic, despite the fact that no one knows why. That's it. And the mental it thing looks is, terrifying. It, it, as well. yeah, it does. Like over 160 million dollars, and in all of its releases, and it's been released a lot um, for a movie that's that's not even 20 years old. Um, and it's still in made just over 300 million. I, I watch that every year, but it's still the look of it still terrifies me. Mm. But it's got like a ride and everything of it as well, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's like a ride at, I don't know. Somewhere. Polar Expressland, wherever it is. Polar Expressland. I don't know, somewhere. Iceland. I mean, it's not Iceland. Yeah, that's that. So, let's it's talk about... Sorry, I was just asking Mark if he was done rabbit holing. I've done holding. rabbit holing now, yeah. yeah. No, I oh, know. I mean, he, he's fucking fascinating. And, uh, like, they literally just this week started a series on George Miller. Um, <laughs> and, again, really, really fucking, like, interesting episode. I, yeah, can't recommend that fucking podcast enough. It, it, it It's really, really filled out some days while working. Um, Are you ever regret it? Regret what? Even... Even college taking over Stan? Not really. I mean, sometimes I wonder what it would have been like to have been a teacher. Ah, uh, I'm sorry. That's what you went to college for? You're, you're studying to be a teacher? Yes, and? I just didn't know that's where you're going to school, that's all. I don't see what's so damn funny. I wanted to have little black kids to read. It's, it's beautiful. Yes, black kids should read. Helping Papa was just more important than what I wanted. I watched him build that restaurant from nothing. I watched him. It's just. <laughs> yeah, that screwdriver. Flathead? Yeah. Uh, bu- 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 bum. Uncorked. I need to get the details for uncorked up. Uh, so. I want to say it's directed by Prentice Penny. It is indeed. And stars uh, 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 Mama uh, Mamadou Abfi. Abfi, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Courtney B. Vance and uh, others. Yeah. So this is the... So basically, I was a couple of weeks back, I was looking for kind of like, what the fuck are we going to cover now the world's on fire? Uh, on Netflix and I, I saw the trailer for this and it was like shit that looks interesting so this is essentially about a guy who lives in Memphis his dad played by Courtney B Vance uh, runs a kind of a barbecue place that you know he wants his son to kind of look like like uh, uh, take over the family business once one day like he did for his dad but his son is more interested in uh, becoming a master sommelier um and so it's about this guy trying to become a sommelier while also kind of like negotiating his relationship with his father, who is obviously not happy about the path he's taking, 
but just never fucking says any, like never comes out with it. Mark, uh, so uh, Becky unfortunately did not see it. I would, I really would have loved to have heard her take, but I know Becky's been busy, so it, never mind. But Mark, what did you think of Uncorked? It's an, it's a strange one in that, um, I think the, it's one of the rare films where a soundtrack repeatedly took me out of the movie. Um, I thought it was too in your face um there it, it seemed to encroach too much on the film itself um so that was like a, a big takeaway it was I, I, it irked me throughout um it's really well acted it's really fun when it's doing the the family business stuff and when the family's involved uh, especially um his mother um played by Kelly Jen Rep, yeah. Um, she's great. She's fantastic. She's got some great lines and some great she's she just brings a real great energy to to, to the movie when it is. And and also I think um Mamadou Ati is great. I've, I've everything I've seen him in so far, I've really liked him in. Um he he's got a real naturalism to himself. In, in the sense that he doesn't he doesn't overreact to anything. Um and it comes across as a little bit underplayed, but I just think he's just playing it as an actual person would play something. Um, but then at points, it really fucking drags as well at points for me, in the sense that I just wanted it to fucking, I wanted it to hurry up, but also at the same time, I also kind of wanted to shake the lead character and go, no, really? He's building a fucking restaurant for you. It, what's cooler than that? <laughs> um, so there was there was bits where it, it irked me. His mate as well that he was doing the things with. You can have a character who's a prick, but you can't make them that much of a prick and then expect them to be likable. <laughs> Is that what the the Harvard guy no, or him, the comic him, relief guy? Yeah, the comic relief guy. Um, there it, it's the police. The procedural bits, the wine bits were interesting, but. There was also an element of me going, oh, fuck off, to it as well. Um, whereas I was, I think part of it was, I was going, do you know what? You're focusing an awful lot on the the difficulties of being a sommelier um, and the nuances of all the wine and everything like that. And I'm then thinking, right, that's cool that. I'm more interested in the fucking ribs. <laughs> I'm more interested in that. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, look, these are two sides of the same coin there and that there's there's as much subtlety and as much uh, emphasis and as much that goes into this uh, neighborhood barbecue joint as there is going into you know the, the stuffier side of the wine and like that the problem is it explores all of the wine side of it a lot more than it does the the the, the barbecue side of it and that's just you're picking those up as subtleties rather than having them explained to you. And I kind of, I wanted more explanation of, of, of that. So I did like it, but I did feel that it, it dragged a little bit for me at points as well. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think a key flaw of the film is what you're saying there, where 
you never really quite get why he's that into the wine. You know, he, he, there's that one bit where it says, like, I drink a French wine and I kind of, like, feel like I'm there. It's like, okay, well, great. What what about being in France is so great? Um, I mean, the, the stuff where he's in France kind of coincides with a section of the film that gets a bit, like, darker and less hopeful. Yeah. But there's still, you don't, you never really get why is he that passionate about that in particular like his dad mentions that you know he picked up a lot of things and then never really follows through with them and it's like well why is this the thing that he follows through with apart from the fact that it's the subject of the film it, it almost feels like it's just well this is the film you're watching so that's why and it, it, it yeah it, it feels a little bit like it's oh it, it's because it's the furthest away from what his dad is essentially basically telling him he not even decided that he's going to do no, yeah, no, quite. It's like, I don't know. His dad accuses him of like, you you think you're better than us, don't you? Yeah. And he's like, no, no. But it's like, there is an element of that. And I, I think it's because the character, I think Mamadou Abfi is, is very good. He's very charming. And I'd like to see him in some, like him in a rom-com, like where he's like really getting to crank the smile and the charm. Yeah, like, he, he has yeah, that a bit in Unicorn Store, doesn't he? I haven't seen Unicorn Store. He's oh, he, he has that a little bit in Unicorn Store. Um, Interesting. The last movie, and, and without question, and I liked Unicorn Store. Um, it, it tries to be too too zany, and it is a little bit. It's it's the imagination of somebody who should grow up a little fucking bit, but he's in it, and he's the best thing in it by a mile, and I like Unicorn Store. Okay, that yeah, I think I I think I need to watch Unicorn Star then. I think that, that, that yeah. Um, I think if, if if I got on with Unicorn Star, yeah, you, then I would. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, I mean, like I don't know, and this is gonna sound like the weirdest complaint in the world, but the shots of the meat being cut, meat wasn't juicy enough. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. It it's the barbecue should have looked better. Okay. All right. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Yes. It's the, it, the point very early on where he starts cutting it, and his dad's saying you're cutting it wrong, and you're looking at it, and I'm going, that just it it, it that doesn't look that it it doesn't the, the, the opening shot where his dad's cutting it and then putting it on the smoker. I'm looking at it going, I'm gonna get some barbecue porn here, and I mm. don't get that at all through it at, within that. There's a lot of there's a lot of focus on the wine, and I'm thinking, do you know what? I, I do believe that, that wine has all of that, but I also do believe there is an element of if you're looking for that. What it's trying to do is it's trying to... The film too much is trying to go. It's trying to say, oh, for anybody out there who says um, wine, it's just wine, it basically all tastes kind of the same. No, it doesn't, because look at all of... Look at this entire fucking sheet. It's like, all right, Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that that's... um, No, that's it. Again, I mean, it, it, it's weird because with both the wine and the meat, it kind of feels like the detail is there, but not the feel. It's, yeah. you know, there, there's scenes where, you know, he's, um, the dad's getting the, uh, like, the, the, the wood um, for, like, the, for the fire. 
and it's like talking about all these different varieties of wood and that, that that's the fucking detail that detail shit i fucking love that like where he's talking to the guy who's selling in the wood and then like busting the guy's balls for trying to sell him like wood when it's not really that good and it's, like, which, like, yeah, it's, it's not fully dried yet but but it does like a little bit like princess penny there as literally has read a book on barbecuing and read the yeah. first bit and it said it, the first bit is said right the key thing he's do is get the wood right and he's read that and gone fuck it i'm not a cook after that yeah and it's, it's maybe you don't mate <laughs> It is a little bit like, and with the wine, it's like, okay, I know what the five different parts of a wine bottle mean. I can go now. It's, and may, maybe, like, maybe not, but if that's not the case, you haven't successfully transplanted that to the film itself. Mm. However, I think the performances are unifer- uniformly cracking. Courtney B. Vance, just as the dad who can't quite say what is on his mind he just can't express that shit and even like towards the end of the film there's no big makeup scene it's you want to do this stuff and then it just cuts to that kind of like almost training montage where they got all the post-its up i really i like that I, i you know him at the end like the day before he gets the results like just pulling out the bottle of wine and then like pulling out that game yeah and it, it, it it's the bottle of wine that he mentioned at the bar earlier so, you know when there's a scene where, where, they're, where they're both at the bar and they're watching uh, the basketball? Yeah. Um, he has the, the uh, Mamadouati as Elijah has that little conversation with the barman about what wine to go for. And he turns around with his dad and says, you know, ideally I'd like to have had, and he says a specific wine. That's the bottle of wine that he brings. Yeah. Ah. Uh... That's why. That's why when they put it down, the label's facing out to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I missed that, but that that's obvious. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's. But Courtney B. Vance has, has some great little moments in, in the movie, like the, the first bit where he's where he's showing him the new restaurant, and he's trying to say to him, "Look, we've got a bar there, so you can do your you can do your wine thing." And he's not doing it so you can do your little wine thing. It, it's a, he's basically saying to them, "Look." I know you don't want that restaurant, but I'm going to build this fucking cooler restaurant for you. This must get you interested. And he's still like, nah. No, but he's not, he's not ungrateful at all. It's just, it's not what he wants to do. There's never a a big, they fall out, but it's not like a big over the top fallout. It's a really natural fallout. Yeah, because they fall out quite early on in the film and then like they you know like there's the kind of the unspoken like he goes to paris and then there's there's an event in the film and then like they kind of fall out slightly more directly but there's never any big histrionics it does feel real in that way um even though i i I think there is a lot of stuff gets skipped over as well like the um the relationship with his girlfriend, I thought, wasn't very well handled. Um, Literally forgets that she exists for about 40 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, 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 there's, like, he kind of chews her out at one moment. And then they're pretty much kind of, like, back together and it's fine in the next. And I, I suppose that's the whole kind of, like, well, real relationships have ups and downs and whatnot. But it kind of paints him as a bit of an arsehole. Mm. 
and I don't think that's what the film is really intending. It's just no, it, it, I know it, the point it does. It, it always paints him as being, you know, just a little bit, not not even like a prick or selfish or anything like that. You know, it, I think the film, for all the other facets of his life, goes at pains to not paint him as an arsehole, mm. apart from the relationship bit where he just seems to be a bit of a dick. Yeah, it, it, it it's a film that doesn't quite connect the dots. The dots are there, but it doesn't quite connect them. Like the, the, the comic relief character, it, it just kind of pops up. And like, you know, it's like, okay, right, fine. He's his friend, cool. And he's there. And then he's kind of not there. Like when they go to Paris, I thought for a good long while, okay, he hasn't gone there. And then suddenly he pops up. Um, it, you know, the Harvard character, it, it's, you know, he's an arsehole. Actually, no, he's all right. Okay, what? Really? I, it, it's it's a film that's, what, like an hour 50 long? And it, it, it feels like it either needed to be 90 minutes and you just, I don't, like, cut characters out of the screenplay or you have a more fully formed film that is brave enough to be two, two and a quarter hours long. Yeah. This film should have either been 92 minutes or 132 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it's, it's not shit in the slightest. I, oh, no, I, it's I, definitely I, shit. It, there's more than enough quality there, but it fit. It feels like if there was a, if there was just a bit more there, it wouldn't be random film that I saw trailer for in coming soon section of Netflix. Yeah, it, it just it just doesn't spark enough. Does it not spark joy, man? It does not spark joy, no. But it's I don't know in all the like the 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 content that Netflix has. I think it, and especially in this time, I think it is still worth highlighting as something which is a decent watch. Yeah, it, it, it's like I say, it, it's definitely not, definitely not shit. Um, and I think that that you could get a lot. That, that, that there were people, there were people who really connect with it and get a lot out of it. I would, I would say so. Um, so if, if you've hovered over it or you are, you ever hover over it, then I, I, I'd, I'd say give it a click. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that is uncorked. Definitely not shit. Well, did we have a poll for that? We did have a poll for that, uh, and it came out. I'll just find it now. Definitely not shit. A hundred percent. Nice. Nearly 3,000 years ago, the passion for one woman ignited the greatest battle ever fought for love. I want her back. Will you go to war with me, brother? We're sending the largest fleet that ever sailed. We need the greatest warrior. Achilles can't be controlled. Be careful, King of Kings. First, you need the victory. I won't ask you to fight my war. You already have. No, sir. 
son of Troy will ever submit to a foreign ruler. Then every son of Troy shall die. We will be together in this world or the next. Immortality! Here is the James Horner alert. Anyone notice how James Horner does that a lot? And as soon as that happened in Troy, it was like, this film scored by James Horner, isn't it? (laughs) It is. Yeah, it it definitely is a calling card, isn't it? I love it. Um, So... The iTunes 99p rental of the week, a section that no matter what the film is, we're going to keep going until we can go back to the fucking cinema. It's Troy. Um, The theatrical cut, because I forgot there was a director's cut, um, which is three hours long. This one is two hours 42 already, I believe. So that's probably enough. Uh, directed by Wolfgang Peterson and written by Denny, David Benioff. Stars Brad Pitt, Eric Banner, Orlando Bloom, Diane Kruger, Brian Cox, Peter O'Toole, uh, Rose Byrne, uh, Brendan Gleeson, Sean Bean, Saffron Burrows. Garrett fucking Headland <laughs> is Brad Pitt's little cousin. What the fuck? Um, wow. Um, what a film. No, the director's cut is three hours, 16 minutes long. Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, Troy. I remember that, you know, it, it, it's a film that feels like it was made fucking ages ago. And yet I remember the marketing campaign of all the wide shots of the armies and the boats and the look how fucking epic CGI can be now. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, yeah, but CGI can fucking do anything now. Can't it? It, it, It's, I'd I'd be more impressed if they were all real. Well, I, I remember it being like a big thing because it was the first ever Plan B entertainment movie. It was the first like Brad Pitt's production company back when it was still owned by Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> um, even though he uh, was quoted as saying, I had to do Troy because I pulled out of another movie and then had to do something for the studio. Mm-hmm. So I was put in Troy. It wasn't painful, but I realized that the movie was being that the way the movie was being told was not how I wanted it to be. I made my own mistakes in it. What am I trying to say about Troy? I could not get out of the middle of the frame. It was driving me crazy. I'd become spoiled working with David Fincher. It's no slight on Wolfgang Peterson. Das Boots is one of the all time great films, but somewhere in it, Troy became a commercial kind of thing. Every shot was like, here's the hero. There was no mystery. Well, to be fair, Brad, 
you made a fucking film that must have cost well over a hundred million dollars was a summer blockbuster and you are brad pitt yeah it it cost me 200 million dollars actually yeah it's like dude yeah all right you had to you had to make another film it was troy you know wolfgang peterson is lighting you in a way that I don't know how any living being would not want to fuck the shit out of you <laughs> watching this film. Like, wow, we. That is, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off piece here, but considering that this whole film, that the trouble of this whole film is started by Orlando Bloom's wavering dick. If Brad Pitt was playing that role, or like Brad Brad Pitt's face just CGI smushed onto Orlando Bloom's, you'd kind of get it. No, Orlando Bloom's got a weirdly hairless, freakish body in this. Like waxed. Everyone's been everyone's been waxed in Troy. No, but at least Brad Pitt's got a bit of scruff on his face. He looks like he's shaved at least once in his life. Orlando Bloom doesn't like still doesn't look like he could shave. To be fair. I mean, no, no, that, that's true. Okay, so, Troy, what's it the story of? Uh, Orlando Bloom is very, very horny. Uh, Orlando Bloom literally, literally is the first fuckboy frat boy. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. He plays Paris because, of course, he's fucking called Paris. Um, fucks Helen of Sparta, who becomes Helen of Troy, played by Diane Kruger. Diane Kruger falls in love with him because he's a bit of a pussy. Um, like that. Uh, and a war is started, even though Brian Cox, Cox playing Agamemnon kind of wants a war anyway and uses that as an excuse to have a war. Um, and war is had. Brad Pitt falls in love with Roseburn. He is neither good nor bad. He's his own person because obviously he couldn't be with the baddies, but it would make no sense for him to be with the goodies either. So let's have him be neither. Troy, Becky, you are going to start on this one. How much did you want to fuck Brad Pitt? I mean, that's pretty much just a given whatever he's in really, isn't it? I did comment that he's just, he's aged like a fine fucking wine. Like, he's hot in this, but he's hotter now. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he's pretty hot in this. Like, his face is still too pretty. He's not pretty for hot. He is sit on my fucking dick. <laughs> no, but face-wise... I will all... sit on your dick. <laughs> he's still a long-haired, pretty Brad Pitt from the neck up. I mean, granted, he's... he's... I've got a hell of a fucking body below the neck, but the head just doesn't do it for me. But like now, he's 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 a bit more worldly wise looking, and I dig that. Um, but anyway, you like yeah. that wife killer vibe, don't you? The what? The wife killer vibe. <laughs> hey, I mean, it would appear so, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for looking at me when you said that. You do look like you could murder me in my sleep. To be fair, I wouldn't be when you were asleep. No. Yeah. He he wants to be murdered in his sleep though. That's you know anywho um i i hated troy when it first came out absolutely detested it i'm not a big 
swords and sandals girl really they just they just don't do it for me at all um but i i forgot how epically long and drawn out it is i think i'd scrubbed that from my memory so yeah i wasn't i, I wasn't keen to be perfectly honest i but then it's it's just not a genre i like so there is that element of it oh my god how fucking obsessed were they though with the gods and with the carrying on of the name and the legacy and all that bullshit i got so bored of hearing about that i love how peter o'toole fucks everything up just listening to the church like there, there are two key points where the churchman is like nope this is a sign of the gods you gotta do it on orlando bloom fair play because his character's shit but orlando bloom twice says to peter o'toole don't fucking do it don't don't do it no no don't do that and then bad things happen you know yeah. like the, the the burn the horse just yeah. burn it to the ground it's a sign from blah 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 no no just burn it to the ground peter o'toole one thing I really do like about Peter O'Toole's character though is he literally says to Eric Banner before he's about to go down to what is it he goes you were the best son ever (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like literally like two people down for it and he doesn't whisper it in his ear or anything like that it's like he says it in front of everybody we loved how much he negged him yeah literally and yeah, with the burn it down, it's like, it's like it, the first guy's like, what do you think? It's like, it's like, oh, it's a sign from the gods. We must bring it in for Apollo. And he's like, all right, that's one word for keep it. And then the next one is, is no, I, 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 I think we should burn it. He's like, oh, that's, that's, that's a vote for burn it. Uh, what, what do you think? What do you think, son number two? And he goes, oh, I think we should burn it. And he goes, right, bring it in. Bring <laughs> it in. If he'd have gone, oh, it's a sign from the gods. We, we, we should burn it. He'd have gone, burn it. Burn it now. Burn it now. You can light it. That is how much I hate you. If Hector had said to burn it, he'd have burnt it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I'm so pissed off as well that Orlando Bloom didn't die. And but, that he got to kill Like, he was an absolute fucking pussy throughout the whole film. Everything was his fault. I mean, his wandering dick. And Diane Kruger obviously had something to do with it. But... He got to kill Achilles. Fuck that shit. Yeah. No, but do you notice how he sh- like he's distracted when he shoots the bow? Yeah. So yeah. He, even, he even fucked that up, but it somehow still brought the downfall of Achilles. Fucking ridiculous. Fucking all under blue. Like, it's just I quite like sword and sandals films. I like epics. Would I have liked this if it was three and a quarter hours long? Maybe not. But with what we had, I thought it was actually paced kind of well. I watched it on Sunday and I had a good time with it. Um, Despite the fact that Orlando Bloom's character may may be one of the worst, like, just what the fuck characters in cinematic history like are we supposed to like him 
No, how can we? Because that, that's the thing. How can you? Little whiny shit. You know, it, it, the the only there is one character in this entire movie that has any actual substance that is that you could actually point at and go, that's out of, a, a film of not good people and in it. There, there's one. Is it Rosie B? No, it's not. Because she's just she's just an idiot. And she wears that horrible dress. Um, it, and, and it's Eric Banner. He's the one where you can go, no. He at first when he sees that he's brought on his latest little fucking dick present onto the boat, he's like, no, turn it round and take it back now. He, he then tries to make the best of the situation like that. But then after fucking Bloom says, no, I challenge you, I I will challenge you and I'll, I'll beat you. Then gets his ass handed to him and snivels over and he's hugging his brother's leg. Fuck he then yeah. makes him the arsehole because he stabs, what's it? Basically blindsides him. So he, 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 the one character who has an element of substance is destroyed by Orlando Bloom's snivelry. I hated everyone in this film. Everyone was a body. I mean, that, that, that's the I thing. Think it, that you know, nice to look at. That, that was a, a redeeming feature, I'm not going to lie. But, but I mean, he was a baddie, he was a mercenary, by all, you know, intense terms. Yeah. And I mean, he even, like, to be fair, he almost rapes Rose Byrne. Like, that, that whole... I'm glad that's a trope that is fucked right off, is the, like, there's sexual tension, but he kind of forces himself upon her, and the sheer force of his fucking let's get it on makes her want to fucking sleep with him it's yeah yeah it, it, it literally has gone she's gone from being uh, from being a woman of the church and she belongs to the the, the church and the the gods to to all of a sudden oh, oh yeah let's do this shit i mean that that that's the thing no it makes a point to say one of the characters says no me first <laughs> what does he say me first. <laughs> that is literally what he says. Is he a pirate? It, well, kind of. What? Actually, oh, yeah. yeah. Also, I he's from Somerset. <laughs> <laughs> There's many a pirate in Somerset. Um, yeah, I, man, I'll, I'll get to my bit in a minute. <laughs> no, I, it, it's. I, I don't hate the film. I thought it was perfectly. I, I think that production value, yeah, man. Like, you've got some CG, but you've got a lot of people are actually there, which I appreciate. Doesn't happen often these days. Um, so maybe it's a bit rose-tinted glasses, but I don't, I, I don't hate it. I mean, it, it's very cynical in the post-Gladiator kind of realm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was, I was all right with it. Mark thoughts? It, it I would say that. Of the two hours, 42 minutes, I would hazard a guess that at least two hours of that are sweeping shots. Really long. Really long. Drawn out. Sweeping shots. That bit where you said when he was driving in his chariot to to fight Hector and you're like, I don't need to see this in real time. (laughs) 
there was a point when you were you were having to respond to an email, weren't you, at one point? Yeah. Uh, and so I, I jokingly said, I will do audio description for you. you. Do that, yeah. uh, because it wasn't like a scene where people were talking or anything like that. And I was like, I was like, right, there's some guys walking with shields. There's a Peter O'Toole's close to his face. There's, there's, there's more guys walking with shields. It's now panning out just to show us more guys walking with shields. Still, still people walking with shields. <laughs> Peter Rotskull's face again. Now there's more guys with shields. Now there's a bigger pan to show even more guys with shields. I'm not sure there was this many people there before. And it, it went on and on like that. There's some fun bits in it. Brad Pitt literally killing Banner in front of his entire family and then just dragging him away. Oh, while holding real yeah. eye contact. Yeah, whilst, whilst, whilst looking, going, going like that. And then the, the awkwardness of, of fucking, of, what's the name? Um, his wife, what's she called? Chick out of the um, Saffron Burrows, yeah. And her there, sort of hunched over because she can no longer watch because she's now realised, oh, he might get beat. Yeah. And so she can't watch. And Helen of Troy is literally just like comforting her. And then she can hear stuff. And then Helen of Troy's face is kind of like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the re- almost a realization from Stephen Brothers of, hang on a minute, this is your fault. This is your fault because you couldn't resist fucking swinging dick, could you? <laughs> it's. There's no redeeming character in it at all. Right, so, but hang on a second, right? She's married to, I can't remember his real name, Hector. but let's call him Milestrom. Mm. Helen of Troy, Murph something. Yeah. Um. And Brendan Gleeson. Agamemnon's brother. Yes. Who I'm assuming comes to visit occasionally, and as Troy fighters, Achilles fights for him. I'm assuming he comes, like, with him occasionally. And she chose to fuck Orlando Bloom. Well, no, I, I just don't think Achilles was never that fucking interested in her. Well, maybe. You know, there's th- 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 that. It's... It's just... I don't see the point in it. The whole film? No. Mm. Any of the film. For the first 20 minutes, I got sick of them going, our names will echo... And people will remember our names. They will remember our names. Don't you want your name to be remembered? Do you want your name to be remembered? Don't you? You want your name to be remembered beyond this? Are you, do you want your name to be remembered? Because if, 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 if you stay in another family, no one will remember your name. Yeah, that'd be from your kids. Mother. You can stay here and find peace and happiness and live a happy life and raise some children. Or you can go and get killed but once, people will remember your name. Yeah, what's their name? Your name's gone. But if you go out there and you get killed, people will remember your name. Okay. Bobbins like, is what it is. Yeah, and then... It goes, right, we, we, I, 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 I'm past the remember your name bit of the script now, so I'm going to chuck that away. <laughs> I've good. got to that. What can I go for next? Gods. Just <laughs> fucking gods. What would the gods think? We're doing this. That's it. I've got an hour and a half of names, an hour and a half of gods. Boom. There we go. And then this is the, this is the fucking guy who made um, Game of Thrones, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, the guy who wrote it's the prick who made Game of Thrones. Oh, Benioff. Oh, yeah, and people tell me I should watch that. It just sounds like 40 hours of this. There's no sandals. I guarantee there is sand. I've watched bits and there's sandals in it. There's no salt. Right? I don't care what salt. There's tits. 
Yeah, but even the tits can't get me no. to watch Game of Thrones. No. Yeah. What it, the thing is, I go when people say, "Oh, it's just tits and dragons." It's like you had me at tits, you lost me at dragons. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not rewatching that bullshit. So yeah, I I, I I don't see the point in Troy. I feel like I'm still watching it now when it's finished. Yeah, but it was 99p. I didn't accidentally buy oh this God, one. You sound like Macklemore. <laughs> I did go a bit Macklemore there. Did. I did go a bit thrift shopping. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shit from me. Fucking hate it. Looking forward to next week. I am definitely not shit. And uh, next week. Oh, well. Let's fucking go. Let's lube up. Yep. <laughs> let's, let's get a bit funky. Let's get crunk. It's Magic Mike XXL. It is MMXXL. Nice. Which I which oh. we review for the show and I remember us both really like. Which I'm I just gonna... say, you it before my time. Oh, it, it was. Oh, I'm good. just gonna be furiously masturbating all the way I, through. I've seen this film. What? I know. Yeah, you have. I am not XXL. I've seen Magic Mike. No, you you've seen you've seen Magic Mike. Babe, I haven't. You I, you have. I haven't. I ooh, you lie. I do not lie. I haven't seen it. I don't believe that you have. I reckon about halfway through this movie and go, oh yeah, I have seen this. Yeah, you're right. I haven't. You will. I haven't. Yeah. So we're doing Extraordinary and Magic Mike XXL. And Coffee and Kareem. Ooh, that looks good, that. So we've got Magic Mike XXL, Extraordinary, Coffee and Kareem, and Brightburn. Oh yeah, We've got a show! Oh, that coffee and cream isn't what I thought it was. That's fine. Coffee no. and cream looks funny. They're all very funny. Uh, so, Twitter questions? We didn't get any. Uh, uh, which, which I will let people off uh, this week, and I won't call you uh, fuckers, uh, because, you know... Might be a bit of lockdown blues. People have got other things on their mind. I asked a question. You, you did you? I asked you a question yeah. earlier and asked you to say it on the thing. Well, I don't want to say yeah, it. You've got to say, you're, you're, you're asking a question. No, no, you say it. I can't remember. I'll, I'll type it to you and then you can say it. So Becky's got a question for us. No, just, just say it. You know what it is. I told you earlier. I can't remember the exact phrasing of it. Oh, well, just rephrase it. No, you have to. I can't remember. I want to write. Right, I was thinking the other day. You're trying to get me to tell a joke that you've told me fucking once. (laughs) I was thinking the other day um, about, like, and I'll expand on this when I actually give my answer. But there's a certain book that I read um, a long time ago, and it kind of sparked my interest in a genre of media that... um, that I'm, I'm still really interested in and follow and stuff like that now but the actual book that sparked all that is one that kind of makes me feel a little bit ashamed that it's that that started my interest so 
kind of is there anything is there anything that either of you guys can think of that you're really interested in now but the thing that made you interested in it at first you kind of feel a bit embarrassed about wow does that make any sense well, yeah you, you, why don't you do your give so me my yours example and it is, makes more sense my example is i'm i'm sort of really interested in like japanese stuff i'm interested in like manga and anime and um obviously all the ghibli stuff j-horror <laughs> asian horror in general um and you know I, I i like to kind of watch and you know consume all that sort of stuff but the book that started that is was was memoirs of a geisha and it's such a basic bitch book now like it's Oh, it's, it described it to you earlier, didn't I, as the Fifty Shades of Grey of its time, or mm. the what? What's the the Da Vinci Code of of its? Of its it, time. it was very much the book of the month, yeah book of the um, year, wasn't it? And but that's what kind of I read that and sort of was fascinated by the culture that it was talking about, mm. and then have since read much more highbrow books <laughs> of, of of similar things. But that was the one that started the started the fire. I'm slightly embarrassed by that. So like if someone's like, oh, how did you get into like, you know, watching all Studio Ghibli movies and stuff like that, I have to make some up. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, have you gone for that? I've... That's a mind melter of a question that is, Bex. I've had a few Elvis juices. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's cool. I like it. it just, I, I, I don't know. I don't get embarrassed, so... Yeah, you don't really do. No, I don't. That 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 part of the brain doesn't really exist with me. Um, I I I, I don't like the idea of something being a guilty pleasure. If you like something, fucking like it. Don't you shit about what other people say. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I don't really get that. But what is there anything that I've seen that has? That now you look look at and and you kind of you kind of don't like anymore. But it it made you interested in other stuff that you still do like. I guess. Hmm. Hmm. No. Almost all my decisions are the right one. Well, that was a weirdly low-key way to end an episode. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Bex. I just can't think of anything, and Mark regrets nothing. Um, <laughs> I will think of something. There will be something in there. Yeah. So I won't tell you when I think of it. I'll wait and I'll tell the next the audience the next show. Okay. And Bushy will get to experience it because you all will be on the show. I will. Yeah. Talking about Magic Mike. <laughs> yep. Well, we're all uh, we're all up for Magic Mike. We're all up for Extraordinary. We're all up for Coffee and Cream. We're all up for Bright Burn. We are back next week. We are still rolling. Lockdown does not stop stop the good shit bastards. And uh, we were, oh, I, do you know what? And I don't think I've actually said what the winner of our first uh, Parathon is. Oh, no, we've not. Sure. So. Parathon, is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Okay. What would you rather call it? No, no, I'm calling it Parathon. I just didn't know. It sounds a bit like Parathon. Confused me for a second. I, mean, I can call it Patreon. No, no, Parathon's fine. Okay. So, the poll was between 
the films of Terry Gilliam, a visionary with terrible time management. The films of Michael Mann, men doing their jobs really fucking well. Or the films of David Fincher, less familiar Fincher. Results. With 11% was David Fincher. With 22% was Terry Gilliam. And storming in there like a motherfucker... It was my it, it was my pick, I, I won't lie. Men doing their jobs really fucking well. The films of Michael Mann. So, once we are finished with the patron reviews, I don't think we'll do a patron review next week because we have got plenty to talk about by the looks of it there. Uh, but we will try and like schedule out some shit. After we have caught up with the patron reviews, we will be doing the films of Michael Mann. It is a five-film series. I, I I think a five-film marathon, with like a, a maximum of five films makes sense for a marathon. Yeah. We, we are going to be doing Thief, Manhunter, Heat, Miami Vice, and Black Hat. Oh, there's some good watching in there. In there. There's, some, there's some well-lit cityscapes in that. Yeah. It, it, frankly, it is delicious. Yeah. Um. I will probably be watching other Michael Mann films in and amongst there, in which we uh, like talk about in what we've been watching. What, but what, the... which, 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 which ones do you think about watching? Oh shit, dude! I'm fucking tempted to do a catalog watch. Yeah, I I I, I think about that because I thought, ooh, I might also watch The Keep, but I also might watch The Insider as well. And I also <laughs> and the I, only I, one I didn't I, come up with is I thought. I probably don't watch Last Mohicans because we only watched that like last year. Um, I, I I don't really want to watch Ali. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I've never seen Last of the Mohos, and um, yeah, no, I, I bet. And um, I've I've seen Ali once, and it was in the cinema. I'm interested. Public Enemies, I've oh. probably not seen for like getting on ten years, and I really liked it at the time. So yeah, I'm 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 fucking I'm down. Uh, I am going to say as well, Miami Vice, I will be watching the director's cut. Um, Heat will be watching the director's cut as well. Yeah, the director's definitive edition of Heat. Um, Thief, it will be the Arrow Blu-ray. Manhunter will be whatever I can get. And I mean, Black Hat, if somehow I can source a print of the version that literally plays on FX in the US and screened at, I want to say, the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and it has never been officially released in any other capacity, I would be more than happy to watch that version of Black Hat, but otherwise it will be the one I got on iTunes. Yeah, I've tried to get hold of that before, and it is very difficult. I will try again. Yeah, I I will also. Um, So, that will be in a few weeks' time. We've still got a few patron reviews to get through. Um, short bus, frankly, I'm thinking I might just see if I can get a DVD or a Blu-ray and buy it. Um, you know, I imagine it will be a used and new on Amazon. You could probably get it for a couple of quid or something, but I'll, I'll, I, I'll tell you what, I will, I will have a look right now. Their, um, their delivery stuff for non-essentials is not great. Well, we're not covering it next week, are we? So I can wait. Um, short bus, 10.99. Or on DVD or $14.99 on Blu-ray. And Mark, to save the day, thank you very much. Um, so 
Uh, we'll talk about short bus in a couple of weeks, but it won't it won't be next week. So we've got plenty to be getting on with. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't go out unless you need to. And don't go mad. Patreon.com yep. forward slash film bastards. I'm going to do a commentary of something probably by myself with a few beers on Friday or Saturday night. I want to get into the, the habit of just recording some fucking drunk shit. Enjoy. Two dollars a month. <laughs> we're recording something very soon, aren't we? Uh, oh, the erotic, erotic adventures yeah. of Mark and we're, Becky. We're, last week, time just ran away from us for some reason, even though we've got loads of it. We are going to record that this week. Uh, also, <laughs> on the uh, We Are Pod Syndicate um, bonus shows feed going up in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, is going to be uh, the long anticipated Slater Thon. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, which I am curating. Uh, the list of movies will be going out to uh, the people who are going to be joining us for that, uh, hopefully tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, so Slaterthon will be happening, uh, and there's other bits that we're working on for the bonus shows there, plus all the other great podcasts that are available on the Pod Syndicate. Indeed. Um, playing it forward as well, the first film has been bought for someone. I gifted Mark yesterday, The Kitchen. Yes. No, I, 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 and yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to work out what they're getting Jordan for this. I really liked the kitchen, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what the guys thought of it. That won't be for like a good few weeks yet, but that is coming down the track as well. So, thank you very much, all. Thank you very much for your listenership, as always. Uh, sincerely, hope you are all keeping well, and we will speak to you soon. Thank you very much for listening. Bye bye. Goodbye, folks. Bye. Another one. I got that juice, juice. New AP. She got that juice, juice, juice. She got that squeeze, She got that wet, wet. I'm on them skis. I got that drip, drip. I'm overseas. D R I P P I N G. I got that V V S I C E. Flow like a cooler. Juice, juice. Blaming on my jeweler. I got stones on my neck, ooh, blood on my set, ooh, water on my wrist, drip, put glitter on my bitch, my ex was a waitress, so I gave that whole a tip, ooh, my ex fucked the lame, now she working double shifts, no juice, our money ain't the same, you a lame, get it clear, ooh, I did 10 million last month, not a year, juice, I get 50 racks in the club to a pill, juice, I blew two mil on my dog for a pill, I got that juice, new AP, she got that juice, juice, juice. She got that squeeze, She got that wet, wet, wet. I'm on them skis. I got that drip, drip. I'm overseas. D R I P P I N G. I got that V V S I C E. Oh, oh, oh. like a cooler. Juice, juice. on my jewels. Hey, juice. Bright banana, push fresh out the runway. Monkey head niggas, I think y'all all babes. If I see you on speech, more my car to beat. Show they got that night night, put your head to sleep. And my label say I got the juice. Hold up. Got it, who out hot is you? Yo. Little boy talking money, know that too much juice. You may see me with security, but no, I'm the one shoot. I've been a boss all my life, I made a millionaire too. You may see me in a coupe with the disappearing roof. I had packs, I got plaques, you get tax for the juice. If you ask, you get facts, I'm in sex with your boo. I got that juice, new AP. She got that juice, she got that squeeze. She got that wet, wet, wet. I'm on them skis. 
I got it drip, drip. I'm overseas. B R I P P I N G. I got the V B S I C E. Flow like a cool juice. Blaming on my jewels. Podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.